0: Settle in and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. It's Goodfellas, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to this film is like the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. We're doing Goodfellas this week. It is a patron request making up for <laughs> another patron request, which led to us doing The Godfather, which was nice. But we're uh, we are getting the Goodfellas now. Uh, it's going to be fun. We got lots to talk about. Got most of our segments. No. Well, uh, guess who? No. Not really character descriptions. Not really. Okay. Okay, if you say so. But we do have most uh, the rest of our segments, so we're going to get right into it with our first one, in case you have not read or watched the movie recently. We're going to give you a little bit of a summary, In let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up.
1: Goodfellas slash wise guy follows gangster Henry Hill during his time in the Italian mafia, starting with a job at a mob-owned cab stand at 12 years old. Henry loves the life and excels at it. The narrative sees Henry grow up, get married, commit lots and lots of crime, have a cushy stay in prison, and eventually help plan and execute one of the biggest heists ever committed in America, the Lufthansa heist. Henry eventually begins selling drugs, and that's what gets him caught by the feds. After he gets caught, he knows that he can't go back to his old life because his friends won't trust him. So he turns informant and enters the witness protection program.
0: There you go. That is the movie as well, as she mentioned at the beginning. I have quite a few questions that I'm interested to find out. Was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. What? Honestly, don't you two read? So the movie starts, and uh, we start right in on the action in the film. We don't know what's going on. They're driving down the road. They hear a sound in the trunk. And they pull over, and there's a, a, a guy in the trunk who they thought was dead that they have to murder. We'll talk a little bit more about the details here in just a second. But my first question is, does the f- book start is sort of in media res in the same way that the film does? Because uh, when we w- in the film, we then jump back mm-hmm. you know, years. Well, I mean, we jump back decades to, to Henry's childhood. But basically, we jump back years and, and then catch back up to the point uh, that we start the film at uh, and then we go on from there. And I wanted to know if the book follows that same sort of nonlinear storytelling structure.
1: Uh, no, the book is all linear. Um, so that scene does happen, but it's not the cold open of the book. I, I did really enjoy that change, though. Mm-hmm.
0: So the book, I assume, starts kind of with Henry's childhood? Or... Yes. Okay. Yeah. So where we go next in the film. Yeah, it's that's just... the
1: beginning of the book.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a, I think it is a, it's a good hook. It definitely gets you immediately... <laughs> Invested in what's mm-hmm. going on in a way that starting on Henry's childhood may not. Yeah. Because you're instantly like, well, how did we get, you know, who are these people? What's going on? And then when you jump back and you see, you know, fresh faced 13 uh, year old Henry, you're like, how did we get to where he is now? <laughs> it's a yes, it's a very fun change. Uh, I mentioned, but they hear him in the trunk as they're driving down the road. Uh, and they realize that Bill, uh, Billy is still alive and then they pull over and stab and shoot him to death. Uh, do they have the same experience in the book of, of hearing banging and wondering like what that is? And then like, oh, shit, <laughs> it's the guy in the trunk because yeah. that was horrifying.
1: Yeah. All of that happens in the book.
0: Great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Uh, And then uh, we get the freeze frame after they kill uh, Billy, actually kill Billy. And uh, we get Henry's voiceover that I started the episode, which which is as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to be a gangster, which is probably the most famous line from the movie. It's the first it's not the first line in the movie, but it's the first line of dial, like of narration. It's like the first
1: line of voiceover. I yeah, think. I think yeah. it is.
0: Uh, and, and it's also probably not the most famous line. It's one of the most <laughs> like funny. How is probably the most famous line, maybe funny, like a clown, but it is one of, and I wanted to know if that came from the book. Uh,
1: not that exact line, but there's a pretty close line, um, in that kind of first chapter where we're talking about how he got started, uh, which is at the age of 12, my ambition was to be a gangster, to be a wise guy.
0: So we get the we get a title drop in the very yes <laughs> in the very beginning. We don't get the title drop quite so early in the movie. They do eventually talk about Goodfellas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's when Tommy's about to get killed later on. But uh, yeah, I, I I will say that I think I prefer the movie's derivation of that line.
1: Yeah, the movie's line is a better line. It's a
0: little more. It's a little punchier. A
1: mm-hmm.
0: little more memorable. Then at the age of 12, my ambition like that's a little dry compared to as far back as I can remember. I always. Waited. Yeah,
1: there's some parts of the book that are a little dry. OK, uh,
0: so then we jump back, as we mentioned, to Henry's childhood and kind of follow what led him into his life of crime. And uh, he started working. Uh, he he always sort of admired how respected the uh, the mafia members in his town, his neighborhood were. And he immediately got a job working, like running errands at their taxi stand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he uh, at one point he gets in trouble with his dad because the the he's skipping school to like spend all day working for the at the taxi stand. And they, he, they get a letter from his school that gets delivered in the mail. And that's how his dad knows he's been skipping school. And when they find this out, Henry goes to. I don't two uh, D I think and it's like hey I can't work here as much my dad's getting on me because I've been skipping school and they go and they find the mailman who delivers the letters to their house and they like rough him up mm-hmm. and they're like you don't deliver any more letters uh, from the school to that house you give them to us which I thought was funny I mean it's not funny it's terrifying but it is but it's also kind funny kind of
1: funny yes
0: and I wanted to know if that happened in the book
1: that is directly from the book yeah. They find the mailman and rough him up.
0: Very good. So, so far, like everything. Yeah. I feel like that might be a trend.
1: I feel, yeah, that's a trend.
0: Cool. Uh, We didn't get a line in the movie as we're there. He's kind of talking about how the the mafia operates, um, which I don't think the word mafia is ever used in this movie. Calls them um, wise guys, good fellows, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Never says like the mafia or whatever. Not yet. I think the family is used a couple times, maybe.
1: Maybe.
0: I think it is because I think later on they're like he, like when they're talking about Tommy like joining the family and how they can't be because mm-hmm. they're whatever. They're
1: not full-blooded Italian. They're not full-blooded
0: Italian. Yeah. Um. But there's a line in the movie where uh, Henry's talking about how they offer protection for people who can't go to the cops. They're like a police department for wise guys. And I wanted to know if that line came from the book. Because so I thought it was interesting and there's some more of this that we'll talk about a little bit later. I have a note um, that I, I think in my odds and ends that I just thought was sort of a a similar recurring thing. I guess a little bit from The Godfather, maybe not as, as prevalent there about sort of this this group of this this community creating their own form of government for lack mm-hmm. of, you know, of like institutionalized protection and. All kinds of things, and, like, commerce, and it's just, like... Anyways, I wanted to know if that line came from the book, because I I thought it was a rather insightful line.
1: Yeah, that line is, like, almost verbatim from the book, that whole section, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and it is interesting, and it it kind of echoes... um, You mentioned the Godfather, uh, but that idea of, like, um, protection for people when when our official institutions are not going to give them protection. Um, you know, in The Godfather, we had uh, Amerigo bon- Bonazetti, I think. I think
0: that sounds right. That name? sounds like a right name. Who was
1: the Undertaker. Yes. Um, who goes to The Godfather because his daughter was assaulted and they let the the guys who did it right. off.
0: Right, yeah. And that's, yeah, that was the note I was going to get to, is that it's it, it the whole, the, very much, it's very clear early on that, that um, Scorsese is is trying to make a point of the fact that this is all commentary on how the system fails normal people. And, mm-hmm. I, and I say normal people. I mean, like, not rich people. Right. <laughs> you know, working class people. Um,
1: and, of course, this is a far less romanticized version than, like, kind of what we see in The Godfather. Yes. Because part of the point here is that they can't go to the cops because they're also they're, criminals. they're also
0: criminals yes that is that is at least a part of it but i think the idea still is that they're going for and i did read a quote at some point about how scorsese talked about how the movies the kind of the point of the movie is to explore the fact that when the system fails people like what it is kind of a, an exploration of what it is about the system why this thing exists why henry hill goes down the path he does mm-hmm. um because he exists in a system that fails people and when that happens they create their own systems to elevate themselves in a way and it's the same thing it's kind of it it, it all kind of boils down to the same thing that we see in like online communities of you know there's a a constant discussion about like you know why people fall into like the alt-right pipeline or like in seldom like Mm -hmm. message boards and all that sort of stuff and it and and they all have and, and all of those communities tend to have their own ideas about what it is that's failing. And it tends to be stupid things. <laughs> like <laughs> women or you know uh it's uh, usually women. <laughs> it's usually w- or minorities yeah. or uh you know people of color that sort of thing are the are the root of their problem when in fact it's it's not that that's not <laughs> those are also people being failed by the system. And the, and the failure is is a much larger scale institutional failure of the, the way our economic society mm-hmm. is structured.
1: Yeah, and that is, I would say, like expanded on a little more in the book. Yeah. I think the movie touches on it, but in the first section of the book, Henry does talk a lot about how, like, you know, he... he grows up in this working class neighborhood and he watches everyone around him, including his dad, yeah. like work and scrabble. And, That's what he talks about yeah, in the movie work, a lot. Work yeah. Work his fingers to the bone and still be poor. Yeah. And his conclusion from that is, why would I do that? Why?
0: Yeah. What's the point? They're schmucks. Yeah. yeah. when <laughs> Yeah.
1: When I could go be in this other institution. Yeah.
0: And I think, yeah, you know, I will say that I think that the movie, maybe one of its, I don't know, I, I, I could be argued, I could be argued out of this, that I do think that there is, the movie definitely makes a big point of that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it carries through with that messaging as hard throughout. And now I, maybe you don't need to, like maybe, maybe like setting that up as sort of our, the garden that we're in, like, and, and ex- sort of exploring why it is that Henry goes down the path that he does in the beginning. And then not really like I guess my point is that we don't really continue to like hit on that. Yeah. On that point, at least not explicitly sort of everything that follows implicitly hits on that point. Like like, you know, everything that follows is sort of the um, cacophony of disastrous sort of decisions that Henry makes for the rest of his life. All stem from the fact that he feels disempowered and disenfranchised and everybody Mm -hmm. he knows feels disempowered and disenfranchised. It doesn't, the movie doesn't really continue to hit on the same sort of points that they set up in the beginning, but I don't think it necessarily needs to, I guess. I guess I'm arguing myself out of my, (laughs) my critique of initially of like, you know, it very strongly in the first 10 or 15 minutes, several times Mm -hmm. reiterates the point that, you know, like you said, it's the system that has failed and you, all of these people he knows work really hard and just continue to be poor and whatnot, um, and the movie doesn't, after that first 20 minutes, doesn't really come back to that. But it doesn't... I don't, I don't know if it necessarily has to, because it does well, sort I, of...
1: I think the, the focus is of that, like, point is... Not the focus of that point, but, like, the kind of journey that he's on is not, like... Like, it's not a story about, like, oh, everyone's disenfranchised, so we're gonna, like, focus on what's wrong with the system that is and, like dismantling it right it's more like this system sucks so I'm gonna go be a part of this other system that rocks
0: yes yes and then but and then also showing that and and I guess by its nature the fact that Henry's story ends the way it does it is a tragedy in the same Mm -hmm. in a similar way not in the same way that the Godfather is it is sort of a similar you know tragic yeah uh, narrative arc for our main character um, sort of his rise and then fall. Although in the in the Godfather, the comparison being that you know he's still rising, at least <laughs> like from the outside, you know. Let me like he's rising in the sense of like he's rising in the mob mm-hmm. or whatever in the mafia at the end of the Godfather. Whereas we know as the audience that he's actually he is now <laughs> he's gone the uh, over the hill and is as uh, descended into the thing he did not want to become. Right uh, at the beginning of the story, Henry. Ha- Achieves the thing he wants and then <laughs> goes off the cliff. <laughs> and I'm I'm betting in the future Godfather movies they kind of follow a similar it's interesting. There's a similar, there are similar tragedies in different ways, I think, but is it I think they're both fascinating in that regard. I was just interested to see if the book had the same sort of criticism of the system or what have you yeah. that the movie has because I do think, like I said, I read an interview or something where Scorsese was like, that was his point. He 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 says it in a very roundabout, sort of ambiguous way of like, you know, I, I wanted audiences to leave the theater contemplating what kind of system creates a person that yeah. takes the actions that Henry does over the course of his life. Like, what it is about the system that creates a person that does that. Um,
1: right. Well, not so I, much
0: celebrating, I, like, what I, he well, is. Well, I
1: think what makes... I think the book is similar in that it touches on that idea, but doesn't necessarily like marinate in it. Yeah. And I think the thing that makes um getting that kind of message maybe a little bit tough from this narrative is that Henry his kind of disgust with it is maybe a little bit misplaced because his disgust is not. Necessarily on the system, it's on the people who aren't smart enough, yes, to to know how to outwit the system. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, that is kind of his, and thinking he's smarter than that, and then whoop, rug pull. You're not. (laughs) You're you're just another schmuck who gets you know screwed by the system just in a different way. Yeah, which yeah, it it is interesting. Yeah, so we talked about this in the prequel, so I kind of know the answer, but I still wanted to ask and make sure there wasn't any parallel. That like, because again, some of these things, when when I'm doing that research, I never know how true mm-hmm. some of those facts you find are. You know, it's like, oh, this was co- completely improvised in the movie, and like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I wanted to know. Uh, we we get to a scene at one of the clubs, and this is one of the one of the famous scenes from the film where Tommy uh, Joe Pesci's character is telling a story, and Henry is laughing maniacally at him. And then at the end of his story, tells him, you know, Tommy, you're really funny, and Tommy like. Stops and says, "Funny how, funny like a clown. Do I amuse you?" Uh, and and like becomes this very serious, like mm-hmm. weird, <laughs> very awkward energy <laughs> in the room as T- uh, Tommy interrogates him about how he's funny. And I wanted to know if that scene was in the book at all.
1: It's not, but I did really like the addition of that scene because Tommy is a, a similarly kind of um, unsettlingly like psychotic kind of character in the book um, and I yeah I, I liked everything about that scene like how just unsettling Tommy is and Henry's like increasingly aggressive maniacal laughter yeah. as the scene goes on yeah
0: like before the drop yeah he's like he, he 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 and he does that throughout the movie at several times where he has just an, a crazy laugh like yeah. a, a horror like it You can't tell. It seems fake, but it also might not be like it seems like a weird forced fake laughter. But it also maybe he just laughs like a psycho, like maybe that I don't know. It's (laughs) very interesting. Um, But for people who didn't listen to the prequel, I had read that and talked about in the prequel that that episode was supposedly um, improvised during like rehearsals by Joe Pesci. Um, based on an experience he had as a waiter,
1: mm-hmm. where he
0: like waited on somebody in the mafia and had and saw a very similar yeah. interaction or something like that, and so decided to kind of bring it into the film. Uh, we get this line uh, at one point where, and I didn't know if this is where this comes from, like because this is like sort of a become a mimetic, like internet line. Lo- I mean, I, it feels like a thing you see a case. like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's just sort of part of the cultural zeitgeist like occasionally and that is uh, fuck you pay me yeah and Henry is talking about how like the, the mafia gets their money and how they're you know they, oh you know oh you're a little late this motherfucker you pay me that sort of thing and he repeats it a bunch of times and I wasn't sure if that came from this movie or if that's from something else and I, I also wanted to know if it was in the book or if it's something the movie added and then apart from that and you don't have the answer to this I was just wondering maybe a listener does if like fuck you pay me is like Older culturally than good fellows? I don't know.
1: Um, it is from the book. Um okay. a- again, it's like almost verbatim. That that stretch of like, yeah, da, da, fuck you pay me, blah blah blah, yeah. fuck you pay me. Um, I I don't know if it's comes from something else, like prior to yeah. the book. I have no idea. Um, I do think it's an interesting Like, because what this book kind of ends up being is, like, a deconstruction of that kind of romanticized view of, like, the mob, the mafia. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked a minute ago about how the people that the system fails, like, kind of create their own institution. But in reality, are they really being protected by these people? No. Right? You know, because... And there's a lot in the book that like expands on like oh you you know your restaurant is protected by the mafia sure so you're not gonna get shaken down by like this other crime family right. yeah but but at they'll the same come shake time, you down yeah they'll come <laughs> shake you down they'll come eat all your food and drink yeah. all your liquor and never pay
0: you for it right.
1: and you know
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It it yeah, it is okay. interesting. Um but yeah, I was it's just cause like I said, I, I feel like fuck you pay me has I it's a thing you see not a lot, but it's like a thing that people just say mm-hmm. sometimes in the world on the internet and I I didn't know if it started in this film or or, or slash book or if it was some from something before that so you kind of touched on it already about Tommy's sort of off-putting nature but I wanted to know if he is the same sort of like loose cannon that you can tell is going to be trouble from like minute one of this not minute one because he's introduced as like a teenager we see him once as a teenager there's like one very short scene and we don't really get anything but Once he's Joe Pesci, um, (laughs) and we see him, uh, from like minute one, it's very clear that this, this man is trouble. (laughs) This, he is going to cause problems because he has a weird short fuse and Mm -hmm. he's a hothead and a, a bit of a psychopath. And, and I know I'm not using that term clinically, um, and I, I I wanted to know if you get the same vibe from Tommy in the book because it's horrifying and I yeah
1: yeah absolutely he's definitely like the person with the short fuse who gets offended at like the slightest little thing yeah except when he gets offended he's probably gonna kill you
0: yeah yes yeah <laughs> and it, yeah it, it's it is it's terrifying and I feel like everybody knows a person like that like maybe not to the extent that tommy is like because he like literally kills random people over not yeah. saying like kill but like you know everybody is yeah. at least known one person who has a short, short fuse and gets bent out of shape about stuff you're like and it's totally, not a big, like
1: totally unpredictable like just yeah you know? and
0: just unpredictable you're like it's not a big just why are you okay like why are you why are you being <laughs> like this can you not <laughs> it's fine yeah So uh, we get a a, Tommy wants Henry to come out on a date with him because he wants to date uh, this this girl and uh, she won't go out with him unless um, because she doesn't trust Italians uh, unless uh, her girlfriend Karen Mm -hmm. comes with her. And uh, then they get go on like a double date and he drags Henry along on this double date and Henry is like isn't having it. He's not interested and he kind of is a dick the whole time Uh, and then they have a second date and Henry stands up stands up karen who was the date on the first date and i don't know why she wanted to (laughs) go out with him again after that first date but um after he stands her up on the second date uh she she forces tommy and i can't remember tommy's girl it's not not his wife i don't think later so uh or maybe it is i don't remember because we never really see his personal situation Forces him to go drive around and find Henry and she like r- runs up on him in the middle of the street and just starts berating him in front of all of his, you know, gangster friends and whatnot f- for standing him up and she's very fiery and it's a fun scene and I wanted to know if that scene was in the book.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, I love that scene in both the book and the movie. <laughs> Um, I don't think it was so much that she wanted to be on a second date with him as it is that right. she was offended yes. that he stood her up.
0: No, I, I get that. <laughs> I get I get that. And and they're definitely playing off the idea. And I guess I assume it's similar in the book that they're uh, that she 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 can put up she can stand up for herself in a way yeah. that probably he's not expecting most women to like mm-hmm. it's, it's the 50s, 60s at this 50s, I think at this point. Mm-hmm or 60s I don't know, whatever 60s i think and yeah it, so they're they're all very misogynistic yeah. and not expecting women that will like you know stand up for themselves um and so yeah i i i, I like that scene i thought it was a fun scene so then uh after that that kind of he he softens to her he's impressed by her her chutzpah um <laughs> she's jewish right yeah yeah and uh, he, so he's impressed by her. And so he they start dating more and more. And they have this scene where he's taking her to the Copacabana. And this is funny. We talked about this in the prequel that in the film they were planning or when they were filming it, supposedly they were planning to go through the front of the Copacabana. But there was some sort of issue and they couldn't. So they did this big, long one take through the back. And I this, this I, when I read that in the thing, it felt like bullshit to me because mm-hmm. you don't do a shot like that on a whim. Like, right. I don't. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what their story would be behind it. Maybe there's, it's more complicated. Maybe they were planning in the very early stages to just go through the front. And, Cause like I said, it couldn't be like they showed up <laughs> on, no. you know, to film it and they're like, oh, we can't go in through the front. Well, let's just plan this That's big, fine. long, we'll single a, take.
1: We'll do a very elaborate we'll shot. We'll choreograph instead.
0: 40 extras and like, <laughs> yeah, what? Okay, yeah. So clearly they had been planning that, but it, who knows how it whatever um but they go in through the kitchen like through the back of the copacabana through the kitchen and then out on and it's all one take uh, very one of the more famous uh, single take shots in cinema um there are a lot of them but it's one of the more famous ones and i wanted to know if they go in through the back of the copacabana in the book because this would put a this would also put a, mm-hmm. a potential kibosh on the the rumor that this was not planned from the beginning <laughs> in the in the film
1: all right well hold on to your hat they do go to the Copacabana on a date, and it is mentioned that they go in through the kitchen.
0: So I'm thinking that's bullshit. <laughs> I, don't where, I, I don't know where. I don't know where. I'm trying to remember if that was an IMDb trivia fact or if that was a Wikipedia slash like, you know, other article mm-hmm. I found. But I'm thinking that that might just be nonsense. Kind of I'm like wondering where it's sourced from if it was like a DVD commentary thing or because that's a lot of times that's where that kind of stuff comes from is like commentary yeah. tracks or whatever or mm-hmm. interviews. Um, but the fact that they go through the kitchen in the book makes me think that would always have been the plan.
1: Yeah, you would think. Yeah. I mean, they don't like make a thing out of it in the right. book. It's just mentioned that they en- they go in through the kitchen. I did really love this scene in the oh, movie. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, fantastic. The way it's shot is so cool. Yeah. Um, one of the like long take shots that I've seen that I like like one of my favorites now, I think. Mm-hmm. Not that I've seen a ton of long take shots. Are we watching Children of Men soon? Yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe soon. Ish. There's a bunch in that one. There's okay. like two very famous we'll, ones in that we'll one. We'll see.
1: Has one I, of my we'll favorite. Th- I'll be the judge of them.
0: It has one of my favorite ones, but um, but and yeah, I, I it is a good one.
1: I especially really liked at the end where they're like setting up the table as they're walking up. Yeah,
0: that's a good moment. And it, it does such a good job of, um, especially once they get into the club, of showing Henry's connection yeah and and like like,
1: charisma yeah his
0: charisma and how much everybody sort of is attracted to him and how he's friends with everybody or or at least you know friendly with everybody um and everybody knows who he is and that sort of thing and how and and i also think that the nature the way the camera sort of sweeps through everything you feel like you're getting drug along mm-hmm. in the same way that karen is in this scene because this is like you know their third or fourth it, it's very early in their relationship yes. yeah and the, and the fact that we get kind of pulled along on this ride on this sh- on this shot and it feels like we're, we're sort of mimicking the way she's being pulled along on oh this, yeah absolutely. you know what i mean yeah and
1: like i even made a note like god who would not be intoxicated by that in the early days <laughs> yeah. of a relationship yeah that would be like cool
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, then uh, at one point uh, this is a little scene but Karen shows up and mention, uh, I don't remember how she calls Henry I think mm-hmm. and is like crying and uh he comes and finds her at like a phone booth and she'd been assaulted by her neighbor um, who we had met earlier at like a Yeah we see him at like the country, country club, or, club or, whatever. or something like that um but he had he had like tried to come onto her and she had tried to stop him and he had like assaulted her and Henry does not let this stand so he drives over <laughs> to their house and just Pistol whips this guy nearly to death in the street. Very intense. Want to know if that happened in the book?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Good lord. Um, Also, is is she then very turned on by this? Yes,
1: she is. Uh, Yeah, so she um, she went somewhere with this guy from her neighborhood. Um, he like asked her to come run an errand with him or something and she like doesn't think anything of it cause it's just this guy that she's known for right. like years and years. Um, and then he, he tries to like, he gets fresh with her yeah. and when, when she doesn't want anything to do with him, he pushes her out of the car while it's moving. I yeah. Think, that was, was like, uh, the and the that was the implication in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So then he comes over and a uh, pistol whips that guy. Um, and hands off the pistol to her to hide and she was she's like, let me pull up my reading notes because I know I wrote down exactly <laughs> what because there there are uh, sections of the book that are like Karen's perspective like similar to how we yeah get and her the, voice we get over. her voice
0: over in the movie yeah. yeah. Oh, so it kind of bounces back and forth. Yeah, interesting.
1: I was really excited. I loved that Henry had done all this for me. It made me feel important. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) And I was like, oh, girl. Oh, honey.
0: Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, there's quite a bit of, like, and I say casual racism. It's not, I I, I say casual in the sense that it's, like, not directed at anybody in the, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's not, like racist confrontations at any point in the movie but there is like casual racism of like lots of and it's it's like a handful of times of characters uh using the n word uh mm-hmm. talking about how you know black criminals get caught because they're stupid and stuff like that like yeah. there, there there's a handful of 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 sort of again like casually racist objectively obviously very racist but like again
1: but, like, like that, it's not, like, one of the main points. It's
0: not a point of the mo- I guess yeah. when I'm saying casual, I mean, like, it's not, yeah, it's not a point of the movie in any way. Um, and I was wondering if that comes from the book or if that's just in the movie.
1: Yeah, I would say that the book is very similar. There are, like, throwaway lines here and there where they'll be like, oh, the the black criminals are lazy. That's why they can't get ahead or, like... Like you said, like, though they're stupid, that's why they get caught kind of thing. Uh, Not a ton of instances of that. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton in the movie.
0: It's like, yeah, a few times. I will
1: say that the N-word does not appear in the book at all.
0: So there's that. And I do. Make of
1: that what you will. Yeah,
0: I do wonder if, yeah. I mean, it's 1990 when this movie came out. I do wonder if that's not defending it but if that's scorsese and them being like well they would say the n-word <laughs> like that's yeah, these people would just they would just be racist like they, that's what like they're you know it's it's the 1960s like they would just and again i i know there's there's conversations about whether or not the fact whether or not that that being true you should still yeah. use that in your period uh uh draw you know your um period like pieces of, of literature or film or whatever and i get that um but i, I do think that that might, would be my guess of why uh but it is yeah it's one of those things where it's like yeah there and that was one of the things i was thinking about earlier which is like it is a thing that's still a problem and maybe this is the movie doing this maybe it's it, if it's doing it, it is doing it poorly i will say that that there is no sort of commiseration or class solidarity and in, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that you know all of these italian uh immigrants who who formed the mafia they're all incredibly racist towards yeah. black people while having been historically incredibly discriminated against by right <laughs> by you know uh english europeans or english americans and uh, like f- literally from england when i say english right. americans um and other people for a long time, you know, Italian people weren't really considered white, quote unquote, right. um, at, at, at different times throughout history. And I do wonder if there's like a, a sort of wry irony that is trying to be presented in the fact that they, But I, I don't if that is the case, I don't think it does a good job. I think it's no, just I, no, it's not remotely doesn't seem like the point. Um, But I think there is I think if you looked at it through the right lens, you can see as a more enlightened viewer you can see the irony mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yes. you can yes. see the irony in these people who are uh fed up with the system and talking about how the system has failed everybody and how the only way they can get ahead in life is by doing crime and then also being like well, and black people are stupid and terrible and we hate them like you know yeah. what i mean like there's a there's an irony there that mm-hmm. is i think yeah i think
1: it goes back to the same thing that i mentioned earlier of like feeling like being able to create this alternate system now makes them better than. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the book does mention like, I, I guess you could call them like alliances mm. between like different racial groups. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. And I think the t- movie might mention that like once, but yeah.
1: When, which I, and obviously we know that they like work with, mm-hmm um, people of other groups, but yeah. they're not part of the in group.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they, and they talk about them terribly yes. when they're not around. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. There's a scene in the movie where, uh, and one, this is well after everything has gone down there. Uh, Henry is a very successful, uh, mafioso at this point
1: criminal criminal
0: yeah <laughs> and uh he, he, karen is well aware of this they, they're married they have a kid i think uh, at this point i can't remember exactly where this happens pretty sure they have a kid at this point point. and at one point henry's leaving to go to work or something or do something and uh karen says ask for some money and he he goes and he gives her a stack of money so she can go shopping or whatever and as he's getting ready, and then he goes to leave and as he's leaving she's she 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 gets down on her knees and and to proceed to uh, pleasure him shall we say mm. and there's this line in the movie that has always cracked me up is that he and especially the delivery of it she does it and he's like he has been talking about how he was running late and then she does that and he goes oh all right <laughs> and the delivery of that line has always cracked me up for some reason and i wanted to know if that was in the book
1: it's not but I did think it was funny. <laughs> she does ask for money in the book by indicating how many inches of money she She does it, yes.
0: In the movie, he says how much, and she just like holds up two fingers. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, which I thought was fun too. But yeah, that line. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> it was just I don't know. It just <laughs> cracks me up. Uh, we got to talk about this. this. Is we're finally now getting back to the moment where the film started, which is where uh, the murder of Billy, whatever his name is, Billy Bats, Billy Bats. And um, this is all set off where they're hanging out at a bar, and Billy Batts just got out of prison, I think, or is just in town, or whatever. I don't know. I, I think he, he's
1: just out of I prison. It, you know? Yeah, I think he
0: was just out of prison, and he's at the same bar, and he's from a rival, uh, a different, not rival necessarily, but another mafia yeah, family, yeah. and he's uh, talking to Tommy and how it's you know he knew Tommy when he was a little kid, and he's giving him shit for you know he was always shining shoes when he was a kid and Tommy's like hey you know I'm not I'm not shining shoes anymore and they're like kind of jawing back and forth um, just giving each other shit and uh, eventually it leads to a point where um, sort of the instigating line is it seems like everything's blown over like they've kind of quashed the beef and then uh, Billy says now go home and get your fucking shine box and that sets everything off again and Tommy leaves and that's what eventually comes back and murders him Um, And I wanted to know if the whole shine box thing and that line, now go home and get your fucking shine box, is from the book.
1: So that specific line is not from the book. Okay. But Tommy does get mad at Billy because he won't stop talking about how Tommy used to shine shoes.
0: Mm. Okay. So same idea. Yeah, same idea. They
1: just added, like, that specific line.
0: Gotcha. So uh, they beat... The, the shit out. And I say they, Henry, at least by this retelling, Henry is not involved in the beating the shit out of him. Who knows how, tr- again, because from my understanding, this book is very much, um, told from like, inter- yeah, it's, interviews it's, with Henry, right? It's Henry right?
1: Hill's account of yes, Henry Hill's life. Right.
0: And, and so Henry Hill didn't kill this guy at all. <laughs> he was just, just there. Like he was just around yeah. and kind of helped get rid of the body. He didn't do any of the killing. Who knows? But, um, Jimmy and Tommy like beat the shit out of Billy uh, and then they think he's dead and they, they get him and they throw him in the trunk and they got to go take him somewhere to bury him and on the way they need to pick up a shovel and so they stop at Tommy's mom's house mm-hmm. <laughs> and this scene is hilarious I, 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 I this is one of those things that I remember very vividly from watching this previous times uh they stopped to get to, to get a shovel and they're like trying to be quiet but his mom's up and she she comes out and she's like very friendly and talking to them and she makes them sit down and eat food yeah <laughs> and she like makes them this whole big meal they have like bread and wine and pasta like all kinds of stuff eating all this food meanwhile the guy's body's out in the trunk and and uh, tommy has blood on his shirt <laughs> and it's just the whole thing i thought it was very funny and i want to know if that happened in the book
1: So they do stop at his mom's house, and yes, it is mentioned that she makes them sit and have breakfast with her while the body is in the trunk of the car. It's not a whole scene the way that it is in the
0: movie, though. Does she paint dogs?
1: That is not mentioned.
0: (laughs) The dog painting is my favorite part of that scene. I love that moment. (laughs) And like, so I, I didn't mention it in the prequel, but this, this was another scene that apparently was almost entirely like improvised, mm. like almost that. In, supposedly the, almost that entire scene, so not it, much. It, it could written. have
1: been. Cause it's not, it's not in the book. Right.
0: Yeah. But yeah, supposedly like very little of that scene was like written. It was just like them kind of sitting around. Yeah. Bouncing off each other, which yeah. The, the, the dog painting. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So uh, we move forward a little bit and Henry, like all the other uh, gangsters, have a girlfriend along with his wife. Um, And eventually Karen finds out that Henry has this girlfriend on the Mm -hmm. side that he is like has put up an apartment nearby so he can go and stay there. Um, She's very upset about this. And when she she finally confirms that this has happened, Henry wakes up one morning and Karen is sitting on his chest with a gun in his face. Uh, threatening to kill him it's wild does that happen in the book
1: yes it does (laughs) and i absolutely loved that scene in both the book and the movie karen was probably my favorite character in the whole (laughs) book a chaotic queen and stan uh,
0: okay fair enough i get it yeah i i mean she's putting up with some bullshit that's for sure but yeah.
1: Karen was really interesting to me in the way that she kind of just took to the slice. Yes,
0: she does just sort of whoops, slip yeah, right in. But
1: also kind of like digs her heels in occasionally yeah. and doesn't really like want every single thing that comes along with it.
0: Yeah. But she
1: also just kind of slides right into it. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, it is interesting. I think I think that is a, sort of a, a fun um it definitely gives you uh, it's a it's a it's a much needed bout like counterweight to Henry's character, like mm-hmm. to feel like you have. Because I'm like, comparing it to something like um, uh, in The Godfather, um, one of the the sister who gets like abused the whole time. Oh. And just, you know what I'm talking yeah. about?
1: Well, what was her name?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's the sister uh, in The Godfather who's just like. She's getting abused the whole time yeah. it's just it's the like the one
1: who gets married at the beginning yes
0: uh, and i don't remember any of their names um the one whose son he goes to try to rescue yeah. and gets murdered uh anyways i i it is it is an interesting and it's a different scenario but it's kind of similar like you know he's also her husband is also like a gangster or whatever um and i thought it was interesting seeing a character who like you said is kind of slips into it and holds her own yeah with these men in a way that you wouldn't typically expect in a narrative like this. Yeah. Like or at least is not typical in a narrative like this.
1: And especially since she doesn't come from that background right, in yeah. any way. Yeah, like not even in any remotely. way. Remotely. Yeah. 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 It's a very interesting character, I thought.
0: Polly sends Henry and I don't remember why. Something happens oh, the Karen situation. And he sends uh, Henry and Jimmy down to Florida To take care of a job or whatever They gotta go yeah, get some money from some guy Shake or something. a guy down Yeah, And the way they do it is <laughs> they take him to the zoo I think it's a Tampa zoo or something mm-hmm. like that <laughs> And they threaten to feed him to the lions They like hold him in the lion pit And my favorite moment in that scene is at the well, after they pull him out and he and the voiceover Henry's like they must really feed lions their <laughs> people To lions in Florida because he gave up the money right away which I, <laughs> I love that line um and I wouldn't know if the threatening to feed him the lions said in the book
1: well, they do go down to Florida to shake a guy down at that point in the narrative uh, but they don't threaten to feed him to the lions at the zoo
0: yeah
1: although I did really like that addition
0: that's fun uh, Henry does eventually get pinched. Uh, they, I don't remember what the why.
1: They get him because the guy that I think it's the guy that they shake. It's either the guy they shake down. Oh, his
0: sister. Or, yeah, his, his sister, sister goes to works the, at yeah. the
1: the FBI. She's yeah. like a typist yes. or whatever,
0: and she turns everybody in, basically, including yeah. her brother. And uh, yeah, they all go away. Uh, And in in the movie, we get this scene where they're in prison, uh, and their prison cell is very cushy. Like it's like they're it's like a hotel. (laughs) Like they're just like hanging out, cooking fancy meals because they're you know they're wise guys. And I wanted to know if that is supposedly the real life story. They have like super cushy jail cells, or like you know where they're like cooking amazing meals and just hanging out.
1: Yeah, yeah, they basically have. Anything they want in prison, um, seems like not really being in prison.
0: No, no, not really. Yeah, it's it's very much white collar. You know, like yeah. what you think of when you you know when you imagine like you know CEOs of companies like going to jail yeah. or whatever, where they're like in jail for the weekend or whatever, and then get to get to leave and come back or whatever. Uh, there is a scene in that when they're cooking food, about they're talking about. How they make the food or you know who's making The sauce or whatever and about how Paulie, Who also got thrown anyway, in jail He's in
1: there for something else
0: Yeah he uh yeah he was serving a sentence For something else He chops the garlic and he does this in the movie It's always stuck with me because I thought it was so silly <laughs> Maybe not maybe it's because It's what they had but it seemed like they had yeah. other silverware But he cuts the garlic He shaves it super thin with a With a razor blade
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so it just like melts in the pan and I wanted to know if he cuts the garlic with a razor blade in the book. Or if that's he, something. he does. Okay. And, that, and then I thought about it and I realized, oh, it's basically just microplaning garlic. Like yeah. that's basically what it is. Yeah. Or like using a garlic. Like the scent, like, yeah, you're, you're pulverizing it real thin. down to a point where it does like liquefy mm-hmm. essentially as soon as you start cooking it. But I always thought it was very funny watching him like.
1: Maybe we should try it. Meticulously we don't, we don't
0: <laughs> cutting that garlic paper thin with a razor blade. <laughs>
1: I guess you have time to do something like that yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting in prison.
0: Yeah. Well, and uh, you don't have to try it because you can just micro, just buy a microplane and just microplane your garlic because it does the same thing, I think, from my mm-hmm. understanding. And it's way quicker <laughs> than sitting there with a razor <laughs> blade and trying to cut your garlic. After they get out of prison, well, while they're in prison, but then after, uh, they get into selling drugs, which is mm-hmm. this is a thing. That Paulie has advised them against doing. It's very Godfather. This is a whole the whole thing that sets off all the problems in the Godfathers. Yeah. They try to get into drugs when before it's all been like, you know, racketeering and, and whatnot. Uh, other, other things not dealing drugs, basically, uh, and being involved in the drug trade. But Henry gets into the drug trade, and this uh, is what eventually causes problems. And I wanted to know if that's what happens in the book, because I thought it was interesting. This is apparently... In these two movies, is the same thing that causes the issues, is drugs.
1: Yeah, it plays out exactly the same. Um, Henry gets into selling drugs while he's in prison because it's such good money, um, and he needs money while he's in prison. Uh, but Polly does not want him doing it
0: because mm. drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Okay, even the gangsters know that. <laughs> uh this line holy shit this line cracked me up i did not remember this line at all but i think this is christmas dinner or not dinner but like christmas at the bar i think yeah this might be after the lufthansa heist p- potentially
1: That's right yes it is it's right yeah.
0: after it's right after because it's yeah and they're they're sitting at the bar and the camera's like moving down the bar and there's these two girls sitting there and it, it might be tommy's girlfriend
1: i think so. i think it is
0: is talking to this other girl and uh Tommy's sitting there or like kind of walks up behind her and, and and says like uh something and the woman goes he's so jealous i mean if i even look at anyone he'll kill me and the other woman goes that's great <laughs> <laughs> like the way she says that's great is so perfectly delivered like i'm not getting into this but oh dear lord <laughs> It's, I, that line got me. And I want to know if that was in the book.
1: Uh, I don't think that was anywhere in the book, <laughs> but I did love it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Uh, so, yeah, the Lufthansa heist happens. And I wanted to know this do they go? The movie doesn't show us any of the heist yep. at all. Um, we see a little bit of the prep work, kind yeah. of. And then, like, they kind of talk about what's going to happen, but then we just cut to it happened. And I think mainly that's because Henry's not involved, like, yes. in the actual events. Yeah, he he's, doesn't actually yeah, do the heist. He doesn't, he's not there for the heist. He, he was involved in some of the planning stuff, but not, like, in yeah. the heist. Um, so that's why we're not involved in it. But uh, I want to know if the book does that. This is a separate question.
1: Um, the book gives, like, a separate, like, very kind of journalistic account of what happened during the heist um we get after, a
0: little bit of details in the movie yeah. through like news reports but very little like very minimal but yeah. there, yeah
1: but then it like cuts to like henry's perspective and he's like i didn't even know it happened until i heard about it on the radio
0: yeah so, which is what which yeah, what happens, what in, happens the in the movie yeah he's in the shower uh, but speaking of the Lutanza heist, all of the people involved, uh, Jimmy was like, "Don't spend any of the money. We got to stay low, be cool, and then we can spend the money eventually. Don't go out and buy a car, and mm-hmm. then everybody goes out and buys a car the next day." <laughs> and he's very upset about it, uh, and he has everybody ultimately uh, that was involved, other than Tommy and Henry, whacked mm-hmm. um, because they couldn't they couldn't keep it cool. And I want to know if is that does Jimmy have everybody whacked?
1: So the extravagant spending did happen according to Wikipedia, but it must have been only briefly mentioned in the book because I do not remember it. Um, Jimmy does pick everyone off who was involved in the heist though. Well, there you go. He gets murder happy.
0: Yep. Uh, then Tommy gets whacked because, uh, for several things, the Billy thing and Mm. also just being a loose cannon and people not liking him and all kinds of stuff. Um, but they they tell him that he's going to be made, like yeah. he's going to become a made man, and they they pick him up to take him to the ceremony to become a made man. Uh, and when he gets there in the movie, and now obviously only a few people would know if this actually happened because I actually did a little research on this because I remembered that he got that this happened, and, and I was like looking through his, like the real life Tommy's mm-hmm. like Wikipedia, and it was like he just disappeared and we don't know what happened. It's like okay, well he got murdered clearly, um, but. Only a couple people would know, like, if he said anything. But I wanted to know in the in the thing in the in the movie that always stuck stuck with me about that scene is he walks in and it's an empty room and he just goes, "Oh no!" and then gets immediately shot. (laughs) Like he just realizes instantly, like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. And that always I say crack it cracks me up because fuck Tommy, he's an asshole. But it it made me laugh a lot. Um, and I wanted to know if the oh no, uh, and then him getting whacked when he thinks he's gonna get made.
1: So we do think that he's going to get made, uh, and then he he does get whacked, because they find out that he was responsible for Billy Batts. Uh, we don't see it in the book, though. Right. We just hear about it later. Yeah. Um, like, I forget who tells Henry. I guess maybe Jimmy tells Henry or yeah. Polly. I don't know. Um, oh, Tommy. Tommy got whacked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I really liked the movie's decision to actually show us what happened. Yeah. Um, I also liked Robert De Niro pushing over the phone booth Very upset about it After he finds out that yeah. it
0: happened I will say it is one of the few times that the movie does Give us something out of the perspective of Henry Yeah Which is interesting But mm-hmm. I think that kind of had to Because Tommy is one of our main characters and if he like it would be right, very he unsatisfying he can't just like disappear and then we find out oh they killed him yeah. <laughs> it's like he's one of the main characters that kind of have, have to, to see
1: the body yeah
0: yeah absolutely because yeah you wouldn't believe it Yeah, yeah 100% uh, so then uh, we get to our, our final chaotic day here before Henry gets arrested and uh he's got a bunch of drug deals there's all kinds of stuff going there's so much chaos he's got to make dinner he's got to do all this stuff and he's he's all hopped up on cocaine the entire time and
1: increasingly hopped yes, up on increasingly cocaine. hopped
0: up on cocaine the entire time uh and it's the the editing and the pacing of this scene is very or of this whole climax is really brilliant because it's just it is it makes you very anxious it's such a chaotic nightmare Um, But one of the things I thought was interesting is they're, they're talking about this helicopter that's following them around and there's times where we see it and other times where we don't and sort of implying like, Mm-hmm. You, you can't you aren't sure at least at first if it's like him just being paranoid yeah or if it's actually like a helicopter we do see a helicopter sometimes but you're like could it be like just like a traffic helicopter or and then other times they're looking up and we just see like a blank sky i don't know i thought it was interesting i want to know if the whole helicopter deal and that whole chaotic nightmare of a day happens in the book
1: yeah all of that is from the book <laughs> every last bit of it I spent most of that section thinking that the helicopter was gonna end up being like him hallucinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does
0: kind of feel like that in the movie. It's a
1: red helicopter in the book. He oh. keeps saying he's seeing a red helicopter and I was like, Bro, you're tripping. <laughs> like you're <laughs> a red helicopter following you around. Yeah. But I think at some point somebody else sees it too. Yeah.
0: So. Interesting. Uh, But then the thing finally, when he does get busted, he's got to take the babysitter who they've been using to smuggle drugs places uh, via flights. Um, She's got to she she won't fly without her lucky hat Mm -hmm. and she's got to go home and get her hat. And this ultimately doesn't really end up mattering in the movie because they just go out to the car to leave. And that's when he gets busted. Like all the feds or whatever come out. And it feels like the movie's trying to imply that, like, without this weird, quirky event of her needing her hat, he maybe he wouldn't have got busted. But if he would have just gone out to take her to the airport, they still would have got busted. like it wouldn't have mattered. But I wanted to know if that weird hat thing (laughs) does she need her hat to fly. Does that come from the book?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, She's got her her lucky hat that she wears when she's being a drug mule. Yes. Um, although in the book, the hat is described as being pink and blue and like really gaudy and ugly. Which in the movie, she's just wearing like a brown bucket hat. Yeah. Uh, so I think the book's version of the hat is better. Yes, I agree.
0: Uh, and then finally, uh, we see this a couple times in the movie, but Jimmy is getting older um, because he's an he's a, he's an adult man when when Henry and yeah, Tommy he's, are he's like older kids. Than them. Yeah, he's he's like at least ten years older, if not twenty years older, or something like that. And uh, he, uh, we see him a couple times. He's wearing these glasses, and they're are these giant, giant glasses that are super thick, and they magnify his eyes, and they make him look so. Hilarious, like they just because again with this character who we've seen murder people and then he puts these big you know coke bottle glasses on and he looks like uh you know like you're just your stereotypical like uh, 1950s like middle school dweeb or something it's just very funny and I wanted to know if those those coke bottle glasses uh, were in the book.
1: So they're not mentioned in the book, but I did see a picture of him getting arrested when I was looking up stuff about the Lufthansa heist. And he was wearing like big, like seventies, eighties really? glasses. Uh, there you go. And all and actually, kind of looked like De Niro. Yeah, like, I, it was good casting. They, they
0: did pretty good. I, I think Tommy looks the least uh, like Joe Pesci. Looks the least like Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from my memory, from what I've seen, uh, Ray Liotta looks at least a little bit like. Henry
1: yeah, Hill. I saw I saw Henry Hill. A photo of him too. He has like a more seventies haircut. Than Ray yeah. Liotta does. Yeah. It's not quite movie, as handsome, like yeah, not, yeah. But yeah. It's not like a movie star,
0: <laughs> but yeah. Same for I mean, same for all of them. They're like right. movie stars, whatever. But yeah, I, I agree. I did think that um, De Niro does look a lot like Jimmy. All right, those are all my. Was that in the book? Questions. I have one question for Lost in Adaptation.
1: Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way.
0: I wow. was lost. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost. As soon as possible. So assuming this scene happens in the book, there's this moment after uh, everything's kind of... Henry has become persona non grata with the family. The whole There's been a fallout, um, and Karen's going to talk to Jimmy to ask for help or money or... Mm-hmm. I can't remember what. Um, and Jimmy is like, oh, just go down... Around the corner and go in his building and go talk, uh, Just go in there And then she goes down there and she looks inside And she's like nah this is, this is not This ain't it <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out of here And the movie never Explicitly you know Comes to you know tells us As an audience whether or not like was she gonna Get whacked was 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 she just Being paranoid what was going on Because she had been telling Henry that he was paranoid mm-hmm. About the whole thing but then She kind of is like well maybe, maybe not and I wanted to know if the if the book ever like explicitly says like oh what you know what happened there or so what was going to happen
1: that there. that exact scene is in the book. We don't find out what Jimmy actually intended to happen, similar to the movie. But it's pretty clear that like it was either a hit or he was going to have somebody like rough her up to send a message. One of those two things. Something bad. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. As, I mean, again, that's what's implied in the movie. Yeah. But also we kind of are playing with this thing of like how how paranoid are they versus mm-hmm. what's, you know what I mean? Like, so we're not, we're supposed to like not really be sure if she's just being like overly paranoid or if it actually is something bad. So, I, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Time now to find out what Katie thought was better in the book. Would you like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read?
1: There's actually uh, another airport heist earlier in the book where they rob an airport, which I'm uh, fine with the movie dropping because I think that would have been too repetitive. We don't need it in the narrative. It
0: might be mentioned.
1: It might have been. I think it might have been. Because I think they do talk about how they like own the airport at one point in the movie. But this particular heist, they, um, they plan it out and it all hinges on getting the keys from this very like overzealous guard, like the night guard or whatever, um who takes his job like very seriously and he like is never without the keys. Yeah. Um and their their whole plan hinges around getting these keys so that they can make a copy of the key that they need to get into where like all of the the unmarked bills are <laughs> in this airport. Right. And the lengths to which they go <laughs> to get a copy <laughs> of this key. I found very funny. Like they end up like hiring a prostitute to like distract this guy at a hotel and like the first time they hire her, he like doesn't leave the keys in his room, so they have to like hire her again <laughs> and go
0: back. Yeah.
1: There's a section in the book uh when when Harry gets his his first girlfriend. Who it was Linda in the book, and she she has a different name in the movie. I don't remember what now. They changed a couple of the names of like smaller characters, uh, but his, his girlfriend Linda in the book, and there's this whole chapter. It might have been my favorite part in the book. It was so funny where it flips back and forth between quotes from Linda and quotes from Karen. Before Karen has figured out that Linda is the girlfriend, and they're both oh, saying her
0: girlfriend her name's Janice. In the, Janice
1: in, in the, the movie, okay, yeah. but they're both saying <laughs> the same thing about each other. <laughs> they're both like, oh, "She's so desperate. She's such a sad sack." <laughs> and it just like goes back and forth. I found it very funny. Interesting. Uh, when he goes to jail in the book, he goes in a limo,
0: mm. which I mm-hmm. thought was fun. Yeah, we know.
1: I feel like that was a missed opportunity. He does have
0: like a big. He has like a night at the bar. Yeah. Where they like all have drinks and then he just goes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's mentioned, like kind of offhand, at one point in the book that um, they rob Estee Lauder. The person. Yeah. Not the company. Wow. They rob her of her jewels. It was a name that I wasn't expecting to see in this book. I was like, huh, Estee Lauder, interesting. Okay. There's a whole big section in the book about how they uh, throw college basketball games. They, like, bring these players in, and they're like, here's what we want you to do. We don't want you to lose the games necessarily, but we want you to shave points mm. so that we can bet on, like, a certain margin. Right. Um, Interesting. But, the, but then it turns out the kids are really bad at well, it. Well, yeah,
0: they're high school kids or college, <laughs> college kids, yeah. Kids,
1: yeah. Um, so that ends up being, like, a bust. Um, and then later on in the book, uh, after he's working with the FBI, he's, like mentions that he was involved with that and one of the fbi guys there was on the team for some of the games (laughs) that he fixed and like gets really mad about it uh there's a lot at the end of the book um where they're talking about like how he got caught by the feds who the the feds have his like phones tapped and everything Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot about like the code that they used to talk about drugs over the phone um (laughs) one note is that uh, it's revealed that the code they use on the phone for his girlfriend's house is the Bat Cave.
0: <laughs> okay. They
1: call it the Bat Cave. Okay. Um, and then there's this whole like transcript of a coded exchange that they have over the phone that makes no earthly sense. <laughs> it's, they're just saying gibberish. And I'm reading it, I'm like, well, of course the feds know you're speaking in code. That couldn't be anything but code. You guys are dumb.
0: I guess the idea is that they're like, oh, it's okay if it's code because... Like, it's okay if they know that it's a code because if they don't know what it is, like, it's fine.
1: I guess, but now they've caught you and you've got no defense because you were just saying
0: gibberish. True. What were they saying? Read it. I want to know. I want to hear some of it. it.
1: All right. So this is um, an exchange between Henry Hill and paul mazai mazai um who is his pittsburgh distributor of such bizarre syntax that any jury would convict the book says all right mazai you know the golf club and the dogs you gave me in return hill yeah mazai can you still do that Hill, same kind of golf clubs? Mazai, no, no golf clubs. Can you still give me the dogs if I pay for the golf clubs? Hill, yeah, sure. Mazai, you front me the shampoo and I'll front you the dog pills. What time tomorrow? Hill, any time after 12. Mazai, you won't hold my lady friend up? Hill, no. Mazai, somebody will just exchange dogs.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's clear. It's clearly yeah, code. Clearly something's going on there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, my last note here uh, that I thought was interesting in the book, um, supposedly when they go into witness protection, they got to help come up with their new names. No. It was like something that they they were like trying to get the kids excited about. Like you get to pick a new name. <laughs> you get a new name. <laughs> Obviously, we don't know what the names are. Right. But I thought that was interesting. I would not think that you would get to help pick your name.
0: I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe like the first. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Huh. All right. Time now to find out what Katie thought was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies.
1: Um, So there's this whole plot line early on in the book where like uh, Henry's around like 17 or 18 and um, he's been like borrowing his dad's gun for them to use. But then his dad like figured out that he was taking it um, and he doesn't like he's afraid that is his, what his dad is going to say. Um, and he's also like worried about what like Polly and them are going to say if he can't bring the gun back. So to avoid conflict with either party, he enlists in the army. And then that went, like, absolutely nowhere, so I was glad that the movie skipped that whole plot because yeah. I was like, well, what is the point of this? I don't know. <laughs> he, he goes into the army, he's in the army for a while, and continues to, like, do shenanigans and crime while he's in the army, um, and then he gets out, and he just goes back to being a gangster, well, so... Um, I don't recall the book talking about this, um, but at the wedding we see um, we see everybody giving them envelopes of money, mm-hmm. and they have like the bag, um, yeah. at the wedding, yeah. um, and, I, and I don't recall that being mentioned in the book, but I did like it because it felt like a nod to The Godfather.
0: Yeah, it's also a, yeah, it's a pretty standard.
1: Oh, and I mean, I know yeah. it's like a cultural thing, but yeah. it reminded me of like, because there's a whole big thing yeah. at the wedding at the Godfather right, with like, oh, room. the purse with the money. Yeah. Um, so it kind of felt almost like a nod to that. Uh-huh. Um, really weird part in the book Henry and Karen buy a slave. What? This is a very like offhand weird thing that's just mentioned, and I was like, it's like literally like two paragraphs of information that I read like eight times because I was like, "Pardon me, what?" Um. So Her- Karen wants somebody to help with the housework, right? Um. And Henry's like, I don't want a stranger coming in here. So he talks to Polly, I think, and Polly's like, I know a guy. Who can get you a girl? Oh no so they they buy a slave, um a Haitian girl, oh, it God. says in the book. Um, and then when she gets there, she's apparently like six feet tall and scary looking, and she scares the children, so they send her back.,
0: okay was
1: very like uh. I, I read that over and over, like
0: what that's <laughs> uh that's something that's...
1: so the movie made the very obvious choice to leave that out I
0: mean, yeah, I will say I mean that is it, but it also is one of those things where it's like it definitely casts a little bit of a different light on yeah. our main character, yeah <laughs> uh that the fact that they didn't include that, which is it's definitely we're we're brushing over some
1: I mean definitely brushing over something very important. Yeah. yeah. Uh but it looks like it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it was a very weird yeah. like the like the fact that it's just like offhand mentioned, like, oh yeah, they bought a slave. Cool. Great. Cool beans. There's a whole plot line when he's in prison, um, that like eventually he gets sent and and this is like something that he wants. This is his goal. There's a prison dairy farm where you can go and instead of being in like regular prison, you're like working on the dairy farm. And he wants to like do that. Like a work that. release deal. Yeah. And he wants to do that because there's like more freedom with yeah. it. Um but I, I thought just skipping all of that made sense. Yeah, We skip over, like, most of the prison stuff in the movie. Yeah, it's, we get a it, very yeah. brief,
0: and then oh, we get a couple of, like, this drug smuggling stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of
1: more like a quick montage in yeah. the movie. The line, uh, when Henry's talking to, um, when they're initially talking to uh, the guy about going into witness protection, and Henry's like, I don't want to go any place that's cold.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you missed the prequel, that guy in the movie is the actual yeah. uh Fed or whatever who <laughs> was the guy who helped put them into witness protection in real life. Yeah. He just played himself in the movie.
1: I feel like I would be the I would be the opposite. I mean I wouldn't want to go to like Alaska or somewhere, but I would also be, please don't send me anywhere that's like a million degrees no,
0: around. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm I'm much more of a cold How weather about person. Somewhere cool temperate. weather person. Yes. Yeah. Give me a shack in the middle of the Pacific Northwest, please.
1: Mm. Um, my last note here, I really liked that the movie condensed the ending. Yeah. The, the ending of the book, like from the point where he gets uh, pinched by the feds mm-hmm. for drugs until uh, the end, just kind of drags it winds down very slowly, which I I know And like the book is an account of what really happened supposedly. Right. So I, you know, a proceeding like that obviously is going to drag in real life. Yeah. It
0: was kind of a chore to read. All right. Time to find out what the movie nailed.
1: As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Many things, many things. It's the longest list. I'm going to try to skip over stuff that we've already talked about. He does get a job at the cab stand at the beginning. That's how he gets started. Fun little detail that I wasn't necessarily expecting to be in the movie. Um, In that first scene, we see a car pull up and like a gangster get out and the car like rises as he gets out. And that's mentioned in the book.
0: Interesting. Yeah. It's Um, the weight, his gravitas. His
1: his, his gravitas, yes. Uh, when he goes and gets his, his new suit and his mom's like, my God, you look like a gangster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the guy who got shot outside the cab stand, um, I mean, outside him. the restaurant or whatever, wherever it was. Yeah. Uh, and he's like staunching the blood with all the aprons. <laughs> yeah. You and wasted then, yeah, eight aprons. Wasting the aprons. Uh, first time he gets arrested for selling cigarettes, they all say that he broke his cherry. hmm not usually what that phrase means. No. Nope.
0: <laughs> Although it's often used in other by Fair. Yeah. I mean especially back then it's it's not as popular of a saying anymore because it's, you know, weird and gross, but like Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mentioned this, but I don't want to say again. I was not expecting Karen to have voiceover narration in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I figured that that would be something that got nixed, so I was kind of pleasantly yeah, surprised. Yeah, I, I I'd actually did.
0: almost forgotten. I, I did as soon as it happened. I was like, oh, that's right. She does do voiceover for like parts of it. But yeah.
1: And then when he goes over to meet her parents for the first time, she has him like cover up his cross necklace. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, she, she parents, told yeah. him that he was half jewish. Yeah. Uh, so the the character who gives them the tip about the uh, Lufthansa um it's it's Marty in the book and Maury in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's not really important, but he does sell wigs um <laughs> and the specific wig commercial where he jumps in the pool yeah. and then, like his He's wig like is it won't still come on. off. Yeah. That's from the book. Nice. When they're getting married uh, and Karen is talking about how everybody at the wedding is named paul or peter yes. and all of the women are named marie and they all name their daughters marie that's directly from nice the book.
0: i almost asked about that but <laughs> i was like "Nah, that sounds true
1: <laughs> um also uh the gag where they the her and her parents are like waiting up for him all night and then he gets there and his her mom starts yelling at him and He's he just, just like, turns nope. around and leaves again yeah Oh, and Karen goes to the hostess party with mm-hmm. all of the mafia wives and she's like looking around like well, these girls look <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah. That's from the book. Also, Karen's rationale about being nice to the cops when they come to the house mm-hmm. Cause why would you cause a fuss? Not going to help. Fridays are for girlfriends and Saturdays are for wives.
0: I think it was the opposite in the movie. Maybe. Now I can't remember. Yeah, either way.
1: They do eventually have to dig up and rebury Billy Bats mm-hmm. after they buried him the first time because there's going to be like construction yeah. or something where they buried him. Uh, Henry does have his girlfriend's boss at the bridal shop roughed up
0: because <laughs> she's getting in trouble <laughs> yeah, for not doing a good job. Getting in
1: trouble at work for for not doing her job. Um, Tommy shooting Spider, the waiter, he shoots him in the foot.
0: Oh and then, uh, and, then him.
1: and then later on murders them for realsies.
0: Poor spider. I know. That actor, uh I can't remember his name, uh went on to most famously be in like all of uh what's the uh the HBO mobster, uh The Sopranos. Oh yeah. Hmm.
1: So, according to Karen, uh, mentioned in the book and the movie, the book goes into it a little bit more. Uh, the mob does not support wives yeah. and families while their their husbands are in jail, um, which is literally the opposite. Yeah, I thought of what that was interesting because, in yeah, in the
0: in the, in the Godfather it's like specifically the opposite, yeah they like,
1: make they make a big point in the Godfather out of like oh yeah, we will take care, care of you. Of, yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that was a thing that changed. If that's like a a real life thing, where that like. In the 50s or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it,
0: that was the case, but then...
1: Maybe it's, yeah, something that changed. Something
0: happened, Or, and, or maybe and they were... that's
1: only the case if you're high up enough.
0: True, because... Oh, and maybe if you're made. Yeah. Because, yeah, Henry's not... Yeah. He's just... Yeah.
1: And it is interesting, though, because it says specifically in the book, and I think they say it in the movie too i think she says in her voiceover like it's not like what they tell you in the movies
0: oh i miss that they don't take care of you yeah I, I do wonder if it is like that if you're like but 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 she well he doesn't go to yeah i don't know yeah interesting
1: uh she does sneak things into prison for him by like strapping them to her body under her coat there's a big long description of how she does it in the book that was really interesting. Um the <laughs> the horrible white christmas tree with the purple ornaments. Oh god. is from the book and I was not expecting it to be in the movie but
0: it's there. Well, darn there it yep. was. I hate white christmas trees so um, much.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I hate any christmas tree honestly that's not like doesn't look like a real tree. Not a fan of yeah. alternatively colored christmas trees. Don't like them. <laughs>
1: I I could I wouldn't have like a colorful Christmas tree, but I think if you really commit to the aesthetic, it can work.
0: I'm not saying it can't work for certain people. I just But I personally would
1: not have one. Uh when he gets caught, um and he's like I knew as soon as I heard him that it was the cops, only cops cops caught like that. Uh, Karen does flush the cocaine. She does hide a pistol in her underwear. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I would be very nervous about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the pistol in your underwear? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, also, his girlfriend does not wash the cocaine dust off of her dishes. Disgusting. What? They remember they bring all the dishes into the into the oh, precinct when yeah, they're questioning yeah, yeah. him, and they've all got yeah. like dust all over them. Yeah. I was like, I was reading that in the book. She, I was like, oh, she doesn't like to wash dishes. So she just leaves the cocaine all over the dishes. And I was like, ma'am. I guess it doesn't matter if you're already snorting it. Yeah. Ma'am. Gross. He does sleep with his gun um, in the, the ending days when he is paranoid that he's going to get whacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also... He has a line at the end about wanting to get spaghetti with marinara, and they gave him egg noodles.
0: With ketchup?
1: <laughs> the bit about ketchup is not in the book, Uh-oh. but the bit about the egg noodles is. There you go.
0: Uh, I, there is, and there's a fun thing. Uh, at one point later in his life, Henry Hill uh, started a pasta sauce line. <laughs> He had a whole line of pasta sauce, like Henry Hill pasta sauce. That's kind of amazing. like I think it was after the movie came out or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. When he was like, yeah, not not in witness protection anymore because at some point he got out of it. In yeah. like The nineties or something like that. And yeah, he had a whole line of pasta sauce, which I thought was funny.
1: All right, I guess. Yeah.
0: All <laughs> right, time to get to a few odds and ends before we hit the final verdict. The beginning of this movie is like an absolute masterclass in world building and character development. You learn absolutely everything you need to know about Pauly, Henry and Jimmy in like 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes of this movie. Mm. And it's like riveting the whole time and super well paced. And it's just like it's nonstop. And it sounds like it's similar to the book in terms of like the way they like move through. yeah kind of explaining everything that's going on um, without obviously like starting on the, on the Billy bats murder, but it's just, I was once again, reminded of how incredibly paced this movie is for two and a half hours long and how breakneck it is at times. Um, But also just how, again, how concise the storytelling is. Like you just get everything you need to know Mm -hmm. in like 10 minutes. Yeah. This is very,
1: very economical storytelling. Yeah. Wild, which we know I love. Yes. Um, also uh, I just want to mention Young Henry Really top notch yes. casting looks He just looks like just like Ray Liotta, Liotta. Yeah, it is Just wild. like him
0: Yeah him as a teenager it is. Uh, it, it blew me away again I was like oh that's right I remember being like How did they find this kid yeah. <laughs> It was like it was like his son or something Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing, a thing about Ray Liotta That I thought was really funny is like Once he ages up and he's you know Just getting into like the gangster Or not just getting into it but like once he's actually played by Ray Liotta, Uh, there's a conversation and he's on a date or something and somebody's talking about, I think it might be Karen talking about how like this 21 year old or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's Ray Liotta when he starred in this film was like 35 or something. And I was like, he does not look twenty-one no. <laughs> at, at any point in this movie. He does not look like a twenty-one. He looks like a dude in his early thirties, and he looks progressively older as the film goes mm-hmm. on because he gets more and more sort of like you know he's like sweatier and like yeah. and more uh, he's doing more drugs and stuff. So he he looks older and older. But like even at his youngest in this movie, he does not look twenty-one years old. But then again, back then, people in their <laughs> in their twenties looked like they were in their forties a lot of the time, just yeah. because. Uh, for I whatever living reason living hard Yeah that's, you know, that's true too Lots of smoking and drinking Yeah Yeah
1: Another thing that I thought This movie did a really Really good job with Was showing What year we were in Through the sets And costumes And styling Yeah Like it's really very impeccable
0: Yeah It is really good And it's another thing That reminds me of The Godfather Because they mm-hmm. do the same thing Where we get time jumps Without Yeah Any expo- You know Without like Um on screen,
1: and we do have on screen text in this movie. Do we? Yeah, yeah. They show, a couple times they tell you what year it is. Oh,
0: I didn't. I thought they didn't. Interesting. Seems like they could have gotten away without it. Based, I on think them.
1: they probably could have. Yeah, but they still like that whoever did like the set dressings, especially yeah. like did a oh really I, good I mean, job. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that that was my next note was just like everything about Henry's post prison drug money home <laughs> is the worst ever. It's so it's late awful. 70s early oh, 80s not
1: a single ounce of good taste no. to be found in the 1970s oh
0: god it's hideous it's so <laughs> hideous every like that wall that opens up with the tv and it's like like the
1: patterned wallpaper and it's all
0: terrible it's all so bad it reminds me it's it's like in uh 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 back to the future 2 Mm -hmm. like biff's like mansion yeah it looks like that it's oh god it's hideous uh, so I think I figured out where the ten frames of blood they had to cut is. Because mm-hmm. while there is quite a bit of blood at different times throughout this movie, the main moment is when Tommy gets whacked.
1: Oh yeah. They shoot
0: him and blood shoots out of his head.
1: Yeah, we see it like for a second, over the floor. for like a
0: half of a half of a second. Mm-hmm. It's probably like ten frames or fifteen frames, and I bet they had an extra few frames in there, and that's what they had to cut. Because that's the yeah. that's the main time. The other time it's like blood on clothes, not right. like actively coming out of a person (laughs) so i'm betting that's the 10 frames of blood they had to cut um and then finally before we get to your final verdict i did want to talk about a little bit just kind of since we did just do the godfather Mm -hmm. um kind of comparing it we kind of have over the course of this um because i had mentioned in the prequel and stuff or at some point about how um from my memory having seen goodfellas before that it's not the virtuosic masterpiece the piece that the godfather is uh, and now, having revisited, I think I still feel the same. I think this movie's very good, but I still think, um, having only seen The Godfather once, I thought that I found The Godfather to be a more compelling overall, and maybe a more timeless piece of cinema than mm-hmm. Goodfellas. Potentially, I don't know. I just wanted to see what you thought and like if, if which you preferred and like why.
1: Okay. Um here are my thoughts. Is The Godfather a better crafted piece of cinema as art? I think probably yes. Is it more timeless? Yes. Which did I prefer? I think I preferred this.
0: Interesting. And I think that I think there are a lot of people that would I, I will say I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Like I think a lot of I, people would say that they prefer watching Goodfellas. I,
1: I enjoyed the pacing of Goodfellas more. They're I, about the same
0: length. They're yeah. both about like two and a half hours.
1: I enjoyed the character exploration more. Um and I, I enjoyed that it was a less romanticized version of a similar premise.
0: Yeah. I I agree with that. I I agree with a lot of that. I I still think that I, and maybe it's just, maybe for me it's coming off of having seen Goodfellas a couple Mm times and having finally seen The Godfather and it kind of, you know, living up to the hype, kind of writing that maybe I'm overvaluing The Godfather. I mean, not according to most critics, but, (laughs) but it is, they're, but they were, they both, you know, were, um oscar won a million oscars each and are, are, are in among the like top 10 top 20 films of all time on mm-hmm. most most lists or whatever um i will say the thing that really stuck out to me they're they're very different movies while being very similar which is yeah. really interesting because they are both sort of documentations of this tragic obviously one of them is based on a true story and the other one isn't uh, or at least not directly based mm-hmm. on the true story it's inspired by some true events and whatnot i think but the thing that really i think stuck out to me is just i found the tragic narrative arc of michael michael i kept one i was like i was like sunny no it's the <laughs> other one michael corleone just to be so f- fascinating and sad and just again I, something about his character arc and and the way it plays out feels timeless in the way that it and it it's it's probably overwrought to compare it to something like a Shakespearean tragedy, but mm-hmm. it does feel to me very similar in its inevitability and in in the way it and and this movie has a lot. Goodfellas has a lot of similar feelings, but I think I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it's maybe it's because it's not as frenetic. It's not as of its time. It's not as early 90s, like the mm-hmm. pacing and everything, which I think does work in this movie's favor. I think Goodfellas, the, the the frenetic pace of it does help it move as a movie and does make it really engaging and entertaining throughout. I just, something about the, the way that Godfather sits in quiet moments and uh, really like gives the actors time to like build these really deep, just, I don't know tragic characters I found more compelling at least on first view I I would be interested eventually to revisit the godfather again think about it and see where I land but I do think that if I had to pick one that I thought was like one a better film but also like what I prefer like if I was going to watch one again five years from now I think I would watch the godfather again I don't know anyways
1: See, now, outside of this podcast, my metric for films is it's really quite simple. Yes. I'm a simple girl. Yeah. If you asked me right now, would you rather rewatch The Godfather or Goodfellas? I would rather rewatch Goodfellas.
0: Interesting, yeah. And and, and to, to be fair, for me, my part of that might be I have seen Goodfellas three or four times and I've seen the godfather once mm-hmm. if I had seen the if it had been the other way around I might be feeling the opposite you know what I mean if I had seen godfather three or four times in film school and then growing up and had just watched goodfellas for the first time I might feel yeah reverse of how I feel now but anyways so I was interesting because it is like I said there are it's very clear that goodfellas is sort of pulling on the is riding on the shoulders of the giant that is the godfather
1: yeah. And, and doing yeah. its own
0: thing in a very different way. While, like you said, you, you mentioned several times throughout alluding to little things here and there mm-hmm. um, and sort of pointing back to the thing that preceded it. I don't know. It's not as interesting. I wanted to talk about it. But yeah, I think I prefer The Godfather. Anyways. All right, before we get to the final verdict, we wanted to remind you, you can do us a giant favor by heading over to patreon.com slash this film is lit. Support us there for two, five or $15 a month. Get access to different stuff at each level, including bonus content at the $5 and up level and priority recommendation at the $15 and up level. This episode was a patron request from one of our $15 patrons. Kelly Napier got a two for one deal with (laughs) Goodfellas, as we just discussed, or with Godfather, as we just discussed. But uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for recommending Goodfellas and letting us talk about this fantastic film and book. Also, you can all help by heading over to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads. And right now, it's more important than ever because you're in the final few days, right?
1: We're we're getting there.
0: Final couple of days, yeah. Of our Cinderella March Madness. Spoilers Mm -hmm. for what's coming up next. But our Cinderella March Madness, you can go vote. Go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Vote in the polls that are going up every day at noon. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a second after our final verdict. Now, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence?
1: But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. I enjoyed this book. Uh, It's definitely written in a journalistic style, which, to to be honest, is not my favorite. Uh, But it's jam-packed with really interesting characters, events, and a lot of fascinating little details. The book falls down for me, I think, because it can't escape the fact that it is journalism. So despite the interesting subject matter, it's a little dry at times. Uh, Some of the events are very similar and end up feeling repetitive, the level of detail often feels superfluous, and the fact that it doesn't and can't move at a narrative pace means that it often drags, especially around the end. The movie doesn't suffer from any of those issues. It drags never. It is dry, not at all. And I thought that the script treatment did a truly excellent job of drafting a coherent narrative out of a person's life and experiences. It eliminated what wasn't necessary, it emphasized the most fascinating elements, and it did a really amazing job of taking little details from different sections of the book and putting them together in ways that made sense. All this while managing to remain stunningly faithful to the text yeah there are a lot of changes but this is somehow still an incredibly faithful adaptation
0: almost all of my was that in the books were answered with yes, yes almost all of them
1: so for those reasons i'm giving this one to the movie
0: fantastic fascinating awesome katie what's next
1: well, like you spoiled. mentioned, um, like you spoiled. I mean, yeah. it's already been
0: on social media. Yeah, uh,
1: But if you are following us on social media, you know that we have been running daily polls and we are currently making our way through a bracket of adaptations of Cinderella because there are... A lot of them. <laughs> very many. <laughs> very, so many. You didn't even pick many. all of them. You just Um, yeah, there there were more that could have been included. But I, I got to a point and I was like, this is probably enough. Yeah. So um as of the time that we're recording this, we are all the way through like the first round of eliminations, like yeah. the very outside of the bracket.
0: When you're listening to this tomorrow, if you're listening to this today it comes out, we'll have just finished the first right? Or no? Are we doing two days for
1: no, it's the, each poll is only 24 hours. Yeah. Um,
0: but didn't the poll for round two just go up? Yes. Today today
1: when we're recording that, we started on like the second round of Illuminations yeah. in the bracket. Um, so as you're hearing this, I believe the poll that will be up at noon on Wednesday today uh, will be the 1965 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella adaptation versus the 1997 Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella adaptation. So if you are interested in weighing in at all on what film you would like to hear us discuss in two weeks' time... Mm Head over to our any of our social media pages yep. to vote. You can in vote polls. on all of them,
0: yes. And uh, it'll it's going down. Eventually, it will get down to the final two, and mm-hmm. then we'll vote one, and that's the one we'll cover in a couple weeks when we talk about Cinderella. And then in one week's time, we'll have we'll know by our prequel, yeah, we'll right? know by okay. the prequel. So we'll know by the prequel, and we'll do our little normal prequel stuff uh, about Cinderella in one week's time. And in two weeks' time, we're talking about one of these Cinderella films. Who knows? I have a guess which one I think it's going to be, but you thought it was going to be something different, so we'll see.
1: We'll, we'll find out.
0: Very interested to see what ends up winning. Go vote and come back in one week's time to find out what won and learn a little bit more about Cinderella. And until that time, guys, gals, I'm binary pals, and everybody else,
1: keep reading books,
0: keep watching movies, and, and keep,
1: keep being people. awesome.